a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange. Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith, the three amigos, perfect way to kickstart your Newcastle United weekend. And uh, for those of you out there um, who may have been slightly confused by Sky Sports' coverage in the last uh, couple of hours, um, Jurgen Klopp isn't dead. Um, all, all he's done is announced that he's uh, leaving Liverpool. Uh, but the way that they are covering it on there, wow. Check me tweet out if you follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, you'll see how I'm feeling about that. Uh, I'm not going to rant about it, though. Um, I had a good rant last week. Do I feel any better? No. I probably feel worse, actually, this week. Um, but I'm going to let the, the people in the chat dictate where we're going tonight because we've got a couple of early questions, I think. So we will go there. But welcome to Mitch. Welcome to Steve. Welcome to George. Good evening, lads. How's, how's your week? Hey, everybody. Busy. <laughs> Busy. <laughs> I'll share you. I'll share you sig bucket, Steve. <laughs> God, George. Honestly, honestly, God. What a nightmare this is. This is. It's. I've got it on now. I don't know why I've got it on. I'm just winding myself up deliberately now. We're seeing. We're seeing Jurgen Klopp through the ages. A variety of horrendous tracksuits. Um, his teeth uh, were worse when he arrived. Actually, that's the one thing I've realised. Um, and he did look like a proper. I don't know, like a dweeb when he arrived, didn't he? Like a proper goofy dweeb when he arrived, and now. Um, he's. I don't know. There's something. There's just something about him. Like when he when he came in his early days. Yeah, um, what he looked like. He looked like a. He looked like a crazed lab technician. Yes, that's it. Exactly. I Back to the Future. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's. He's got that kind of look. But um, I haven't listened to the the interview. I don't even think I want to listen to it now after watching this coverage. It's absolutely ridiculous. You think there was nothing else going on at all? Uh, but I guess at least they're leaving Newcastle United alone and our players alone for the for the time being. Why the show the show is recording. And compare him to Shanks and Bob Paisley and 
that's living all right, Joe Fagan. Um, but we'll move on quickly uh, to a question from Paul Whiteman. Good evening, Paul. He says, hello, lads. I'm loving your work. Just a quick question regarding Joe Linton. Do you think he will leave? I don't think he will, considering he's just done the Adidas promos. If only life was so simple, Paul, then if you do an Adidas promo, he's going to stay, mate. Um, I haven't had time to do the press conference review. I'll do it tomorrow because I don't have a guest for tomorrow. And I'll, I'll pop on and do a live Q&A and I'll do, a, I'll do the, the press conference review at my own leisure tomorrow, tomorrow daytime before the, before the cup match. Um, I listened to Eddie today and as usual, he, he answered the questions without giving an answer. And he was asked about Joe Linton, wasn't he, Mitch? And just very non-committal um you know he, he just stated stated what we already know that you know there's there's no there's no conclusion on contract negotiations as it stands and that's that which for some people seem to read into it that he's away um you know they, they misinterpreted what he said and you know that maybe the you know maybe newspapers will run with a line tomorrow that joe linton's off um but you know, for me, I just don't think we got an answer to that question from Eddie Howe about Joe Linton at all. And I, I think Joe Linton loves the club. I think he, he loves the fans. I think he also loves being paid what he thinks he's owed, of course, like any footballer. But I think there'd be, I think there'd be wriggle room there. And I think Joe Linton, I think Joe Linton will stay. I, I do think he will stay. What people are stating at the minute are facts. Yeah. He's he's the contract expires in eighteen months. If he goes into the last year of his contract without renewing, um, by the time he gets to January, he holds all the cards. So from a club point of view, if it, you're going to remain at an impasse, cashing in on a player at that, that the one year to go mark is usually that the time to do it. Um, as as Eddie said in the conference, which I'm sure you'll cover tomorrow, uh, you know, a player's got every right to hold out for what he thinks he's worth. And there's plenty of time for negotiation, plenty of room for negotiation. What everybody's stating are simple facts, and that's modern football. Um, do I think Joe Linton wants to go? No. I think he's very happy. Um, I think it's not just about doing the Adidas promos. It's doing it with the other Newcastle players. And I think it's that, that group, that team thing, that stays, you know, stems from the being the squad that they are. Um, I think that's what people are picking up. Number one, it's not just the fact he's doing them because he's an Adidas footballer, um, and he's brought being brought in with other Adidas footballers in our squad to do these ads. Um, however, um, I, I read it as positive as well. To be honest with you, I don't think we've got a player in our who wants to go, who wants to agitate the goal. He's also, um, you know, he, he's given back after he's been looked after. He was looked after by the club uh, during his uh, drink drive case and was treated like an adult, not like a child, and took his punishment like an adult. Um, and I think, you know, I, 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 again, that adds to the, the feeling of positivity within the group. Um, there's plenty of time to sort this out. Now, the story's being run. Are they being pushed from a club perspective to apply a little bit of pressure to Joel in? They say, hey, we could could, could sell you. Um, don't know. 
one thing's for sure, I think it would be a hell of a lot more expensive to replace them than uh, you know, keep somebody who knows the system, plays the system, uh, understands the system, and has developed and grown within the system. Um, the, the, to replace them, I think, would cost a hell of a lot more than come to an agreement with them. And equally, he's right to hang out for what he feels is the best deal for him. Mm, okay. What's your thoughts, Steve? Um, Mitch said that Joe Linton holds all the cards. Unfortunately, the club holds all the pounds. I think that's that's a yeah. that's a, a, a real sort of that's the that's the key to it. Um, he might want to stay. Excuse me, sorry. Uh, he might want to stay, but and Eddie might want him to stay. But do the powers that be upstairs want him to stay, or do they want to cash in? Are they willing to give the amount of money? And let's face it, this is a this is the first salvo in probably a number of stretches of negotiation that will take place. And I think when it comes to when it comes to June, uh, end of the season, um, that's when we'll know a little bit more. That's when I think that's when the the cookie starts to get cut up a little bit, um, and we'll see whether it's on Joe Linton's side or whether it's being cut on the club side. Um, personally, I would I would be delighted for Joe Linton to stay, mainly because from a footballing point of view, exactly what Mitch said: the system's built around him, the midfield, the connection that he has, um, the way that he that he that he works, the way that he's developed into probably one of the most dominant midfielders in the country. Um, and you're gonna get you're gonna get a second class uh Joe Linton. Um, or you're gonna have to pay a ridiculous amount of money, as Mitch says, far more than the money that it's gonna cost you to up his 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 ever pay. Um is it really FFP? Is that the is that the true um stigma in all of this that we've got a that we've got to carry um i'm not too sure i'm not too sure i think there's money there um but i, I think it's a case of whether the people upstairs have have got the cojones to to actually spend it right and that's my personal opinion steve so uh the guy's injured now anyway he's out until until the end of the season more than likely we might see him in in you know the last few games, but would you risk it? Um, would he risk it if he feels as though the club doesn't want him? Um, you know, a lot of lot of lot of a uh, lot of plates being spun, Steve. And as fans, we're just left watching and seeing how many crash onto the floor and who's actually keeping them spinning up. I think so. It's uh, it hasn't been a pleasant week, has it? <laughs> no, definitely not. Joe Linton and uh, George, are, you, are your thoughts? You know that he, you know, there's time. Some people in the chat saying he's got 18 months left on his contract, plenty time to sort out. But what's what's your thoughts on on well, uh, on the Joe Linton situation? I think Eddie Howe said it. If if the bloke thinks he's worth more than he's getting, everybody's entitled to ask. <laughs> That's not to say that he's going to get what he's asking for. And Steve's absolutely right. Um, at the end of the day. The purse that all the purse strings still got a lot of say, uh, in not just not just what the players saying. So, but I I I look at this from a point of view of the uh, the negative press we get. If there's a story to be out there and, and it, can it can be taken two ways, then they'll take it the negative way. 
There's no question about that. I mean, if he, Eddie's non-committal answer today, already people are taking that to say that Eddie thinks he's played his last game for Newcastle. It's not what he said at all. Not what he said at all, but but that's how they're interpreting it. So, um, But I, I agree with what Neil and, and uh, Steve say, obviously. The bloke clearly loves Tyneside. He loves what he's got here. He loves the fans. And I think he loves Eddie Howe for how Eddie Howe's turned his career around. Because let's face it, I was one of the many when he was playing under Bruce. I used to come home at night and I used to be so upset. Even my poor Marjorie that could hardly put two words together, I used to say to me, you don't like that lad, do you? <laughs> and, I, and I used to say things like, well, no, because he never gets his bloody shirt dirty. He never mind do anything for the team. That kind of thing I used to say regularly. And I, I, and I humbly take it all back because... The bloke's performed out of his skin since almost that accident of uh, of him being pushed into midfield by Eddie Howe. And uh, it's turned out to be a winner. And again, the lads are right, right. Okay, let him go. But what do you replace him with? Who do you replace him with? And what, how much money? Goodness knows. Are you, are you going to get enough money for him to, to, to buy somebody that good? I don't think we would, to be honest. So I, I think there's a long way to go in this. But... Um, and I, I don't, I don't blame Joe Linton hanging out for as much as he can get. And even Eddie admit, admitted that today, that they're entitled to have to have a go at what they've got. So, so I think it's a, it's a good story one way, and it's a non-story in another way. I'd be amazed at the end of this season that we don't have a new Joe Linton with a new contract, and still tearing up the the, the pitches in the Premier League for next season. So. I, I think it's uh, he's, he's, he's Newcastle. Newcastle's in his blood, and I'd be amazed if that if he goes away from that. I can, can I just add, Steve? I think that I think there's another part of the equation as well. You've got you've got the club being pulled in two ways, or you've got two aspects of the club being pulled potentially in opposite directions. You've got Eddie Howe who wants to get a team out on the pitch. He, he has his favourites. He has a he has a system that he wants to play. But above him, he has people who have a different agenda. They have an agenda to grow the club financially. And to grow the club financially, sometimes they feel as though there needs to be a haircut taken below. That haircut is, it gives them gives them a little bit more scope to bring um, changes within the club. And the only way that possibly can do it is through FFP. Whereas Eddie probably thinks, to hell with the FFP. I've, I've got my squad here. I've got, I've got the players. And so he's not... He's not going to be keen to lose certain players. There'll be, there'll be players in the squad that he, he yes, he'd be disappointed um, if they moved on, but it wouldn't be any great shakes. But he's got he's got a core of players within that squad who are his his bread and butter, if you like. They're his they're his cream, and he'll not be wanting them to go. And it's it's how that dynamic, I think, work in the upstairs. And you've got obviously you've got a chairman. Um, a chief executive, and then you've got a sporting director um, and a commercial team. And then below that, you've got Eddie and the team itself. Well, to us fans, the most important part of it is Eddie and the team. But to the to the commercial guys and the guys above, it's that much more long-term aspect that they're looking at. Um, so I think that's that's the that there's a dynamic there that, that gets shifted constantly. And I think again, I mean, some of the comments there about the press and such like, and obviously the pressure, the press are cherry picking little bits that they're hearing from various areas and and trying to put a story together. 
and it just creates a, for for us supporters just creates a, a a really complicated picture that you know we immediately as fans immediately go to well if, if I don't like that player I'm happy for him to go if I do like that player that's the last thing I want and at the end of the day while the team's doing okay and while Eddie's sort of riding that crest of a wave if you like as he has for the last two years. We all back Eddie. We don't back the commercial aspect, you know. And again, that's something that the club, in part of like walking on that sand, has to be careful with. So it, it's going to be a strange, strange time in, in my eyes over the next uh, sort of what? What is it now? The twenty sixth. So we've got um, six, seven, eight, nine, 30, five days till the, till the window closes. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting five days. And if we come out of this. With a couple of signings, but we haven't lost any of our real gem footballers, um, and Eddie hasn't lost them, and Eddie's still there. Then great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm ha happy that I'd endorse what Steve's saying. It, it uh, look look at it this way: he knows what his mate uh, Bruno's getting in terms of salary, and I've seen various percentages mentioned in the in the press and in, in, in on on. Uh, social media about whether he's getting half as much or three quarters as much or whatever. If it's less, then surely he's entitled to say, "Well, how are boss? What about me?" I mean, that, that's just that's just what happens all over, isn't it? Um, so I, I, I'd be staggered if he's not here at the end of the season and tearing up the grass on the Premiership next year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, El Jordio says us in the press. We can talk all day till we're blue in the face. Rumours, opinions, debates. But at the end of the day, the club and the players decide. We haven't got a voice in this. Sit back and watch. And Stephen Anderson says, if there's any player who deserves a pay rise and a new contract, it's Big Joe, uh, now that he's a Brazilian international. And Benny says, uh, have to be prepared to lose Joe Linton as a fan base. I love him, but we've got to make smart decisions. No valuable players walk for free. Hope we will get great money. We were quoted £40 million for McTominay. Uh, Tom says did, uh, deadline day will be interesting with clubs doing business. Peter Guy asks a question. He says, afternoon, question for the lads. If we're struggling with FFP to an extent that we can't get a couple in this window, what do you expect we do in the summer when we've got half a dozen out of contract? Now, Mitch, this is interesting because, again, Eddie, you know, Eddie's keyword during the press conference was FFP and the variance that you can call it or, or mention about it. I found the Calvin Phillips question interesting where he was asked about um, Calvin Phillips. Was it was it the one that got away? He admitted that they had been interested in him, um, but that FFP was the issue. And when we think about it, you know, if the press weren't far from the mark, they wanted a £7 million loan fee and we had to pay some of the wages or, or, or all of the wages. We're not sure what, what the situation was. We we'll kind of do a deal like that. We are going to struggle doing anything. I would have thought. Um, that's that's the way I understood it. Can it? I won't. I look at that deal as it's as it's being reported going to West Ham. Seven million, no obligation to buy, paying all of his wages, and the guy's not played ninety minutes of football for anybody this year. That's mental. That's not just a big risk. You might as well withdraw the seven million in tenors and take a lighter and burn them one by one because they'll probably last longer. Um, yes, I, th I think there's more money to play with than there's been shown. FFP and other 
elements have become a little bit of something to hide behind. Whether there's a little bit of art of war going on about looking appearing weak when you're really strong and appearing strong when you're really weak, I don't know. But there's much more to this than I think meets the eye. Um, I'll be amazed if something isn't done during this window. But I also genuinely believe, as I've said all along, the focus is on the summer. The accounts that were released <clears throat> cover an interesting period and don't include a hell of a lot of what's come on board since yeah. and certainly won't include what's going to come on in yeah. the run-up to the summer and the next season. The counterpoint to that is the COVID losses disappear off of the three-year cycle soon. And so we've got to be aware of that. Um, that'll be another one of the, the bear traps that Everton will walk into with, if they're not careful, for example. There's not a lot of business being done this window at all. I think that reflects on how everybody's got one eye on FFP. And I think everybody's got one eye on the summer. Um, and again, as I've said throughout since the start of January, um, I think we'll have a month's worth of business done in 48 hours. I think it's going to be a nonsense. And do I think we'll be in that mix? Yes, I do. To what level? I don't know. I'm, I'm with you, Stephen. I believe there's more money there than they're letting on. But why should we show all our cards? Yeah, exactly. And I think we've, we've shown with the situation with Bayern Munich and Trippier, Newcastle United of the world would have just, for a club like Bayern Munich, just bent over yeah, and dropped their pants and took it. And the, the, the kickback is, okay, if you're interested in our leader on the pitch, you're going to have to pay a significant amount of money for it. And so that allegedly is dead at the moment. Better come back in the last couple of days of the window if they're that keen. Yeah. And I bet the club have a figure in mind where if it gets to point X, they'll pull the trigger on the deal. But it's a deal that's got to be right for Newcastle United. That's not Newcastle United rule. That's big club behaviour. And we've got to start being and acting like a big club. Um how many of our previous owners and chairmen would have just taken any kind of money if Bayern Munich had come knocking on the door? Most of them. In my opinion, certainly most of them in my lifetime. <laughs> and 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 so turning round to them and saying, Okay, you wanna talk? Let's talk. But you're playing our game. He's our player. You you'll dance to our tune. And I think that's a significant shift. Um, I just kind of like I say I think the, the Phillips deal isn't about not being able to the Phillips deal was that's a suicidal deal in any, in any way shape or form it screws your wages you're, you're basically burning 7 million because you don't have that option to buy and you don't know how fit he is you don't know how ready he is for first team football he hasn't even done 90 minutes for anybody this season so um, it was always a risk. And again, that was a deal that we would have done, but only on our terms. Now, Eddie's 
spoke a couple of weeks ago and said about the people who weren't going to be doing any favours. That's obviously clearly that Man, United, Man City were rigid on their, what they wanted for Phillips. Well, guess what? That's what we're doing back the other way. Yeah. We're being rigid on what we want for a player. Um, and like I say, that's big club behaviour. That's what we've got to get used to. The other thing we've got to get used to is big clubs know when to cut and run with players. How many players did Ferguson let go from Man United that got better after they left Man United? Not many. Not many. He knew when to cut them loose in, his, in, the, in the peak of his pump. He knew when to say, no, move him on now. And I bet those times their fan base were up in arms when somebody was let go. But I can't think of anybody who left Man United and got better during Ferguson's reign anyway. Mm. And again, that's that's big club mentality and big club behaviour. Like some I'm of the ones we bought. <laughs> yeah, most of the ones we bought. <laughs> You're right. We, 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 we were the knackers yard for a couple of seasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, it, 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 and so I, I don't have any problem with any of this. Um, I think more what we're saying of is how much of a nonsense FFP is unadjusted and left as it is from 10 years ago and how much of a nonsense the transfer window is. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, I would I would agree. I think um I, I think you're right though. I think uh it's it, it is becoming well it, it's it's becoming an absolute logistical nightmare, this whole FFP, Steve. And, and and lots of people, you know, just asking in the chat about Phillips, was it mentioned today? Well, yeah, he confirmed it. He confirmed that that was it was, you know, it was impossible to do the deal. We had to move on. Um, that really, that give, you know, that I think that without putting a figure on it, it did give you a sense of realism. And that's where we're at. And almost as somebody said earlier, where is that comment? Um, here we are, Yano. Before the statement by Eels, every fan was moaning about the lack of movement in the transfer window. Now most fans will be happy if there's no movement. Eels, you played a blinder. Is, do you think that's what it? The more I think about it, and you know, we talked about it a lot last week, but I, I've got to agree. I think that was, I think it probably was, you know, because I've seen it already on social media. The fact that we've had Almiron, Wilson, Joe Linton, Kieran Trippier, um, Bruno, Bruno. Uh, Isaac, um, Lascelles to a lesser extent, but he has played well this season, um, all linked with a potential move away from St James's Park in this window. I think if we don't sign anybody, which Eddie Howe, by the way, more or less said it was, you know, it was likely there wouldn't be any incomings. Although there has been an incoming, we'll come to that one, by the way, after this point. But that that really said to me, Eels maybe has played it, played it, played it this way, so that when we don't sell anybody, we can go well. We've had a successful window, you know. We're not going to get what you know, as Mitch always puts it. We're not going to get what pants pulled down. We're not going to we're not going to give players away for cheap. Um, so maybe it's maybe it's been part of the plan. Uh, it could have been. I went the other way, and I called him the silent, smiling assassin because he just sat there grinning as he was telling everybody that we're getting nobody. Um, and I took it as I took it as naivety because I it, the the whole first forty eight to seventy two hours of screaming from fans led me to believe that possibly. Darren Eels didn't quite grasp what Newcastle United is about and what the fan base are like. 
yeah. what the passion is, how much we care about the club. And when we hear something that's airing on the negative towards the club in terms of progression and progress, um, we're not only disappointed, but we scream it from the rooftops because that's the way it came over, uh, the reaction. Um, he didn't actually come out and say we're getting nobody, but he, he kind of put the brakes on everything, um, all the all the hopes and dreams that were, were out there. Um, he silenced he silenced the press. Um, he made, in terms of the Phillips deal, he made I thought he made us look stupid. Um, and has that been confirmed by the fact that West Ham have got him and haven't paid a ridiculous loan fee? Um, haven't ended up having to, according to the press, um, sign a deal that says it's with view to a permanent deal or linked to a permanent deal that's literally just a six-month loan till the end of the season. Um, so it seems as though West Ham have got him on terms that weren't available to us, weren't offered to us, um, or that we didn't ask. We went in, we were told what we were told, and then we walked away. Uh, that's Again, that's could possibly be the way that some of us are reading it, and that's the way I read it. Um, so, yeah, it, it could be in, in, in the code light today, look as though what you're saying, Steve, that, uh, that he's played a blinder. But in my eyes, when you rock the boat to the extent that you did <laughs> and, and the storm that he created on Tyneside, as I said on We Are The Geordies, uh, storm eels took over from all the other storms that we've had in the last few days. Um, it 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 smacked of of in the teeth, personally. George, thoughts 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 on this? You know, this. well, I said last week that that uh, what I thought about Eels just putting a damper on fans' expectations. That you know, he he clearly was there just to do that and very little else. Um, quite frankly, um, and of course, it it gets exaggerated and multiplied by ten in the press. And makes it makes it look even worse. Frankly, I think FFP is being used by Newcastle United as a crutch. Is my honest answer. It's an easy easy out. Um, in the Phillips deal, I think Neil's absolutely right. Seven million loan fee, and then God knows how many much wages. You don't even know if he's going to be fit. My worry would be, this is a young man who went for the World Cup and came back so unfit his own manager wouldn't put him in the team for nearly six weeks. Now, is he is he like that now? Because he's not been in the team for God knows how long. I, you know, that all of that sticks in my mind with that lad. That uh, is there something there that we that we haven't cottoned on to. The other thing I like, and, and the lads have already said it, going in and saying we would like, and they're saying this is what it'll cost. And we're saying, well, sod off, you can keep him. You know, that's been a big club. <laughs> Again, the Trippier thing. Somebody said on the, on the strap line that they think there'll be another bid on deadline day. So do I. And I think if it gets up to 25 million, then, then he's gone. But I don't think they're, they're keen to pay that much money. Um, but I do think they're right. There will be another bid. The, the, the You know, this morning, Ed, Eddie's press conference, he was taking it as... That's it. It's 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 over. But then he qualified it by saying, "But I never say never," because I don't want to look an idiot, and 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 that's him accepting that the possibility is yes, there'll be another bid coming in, as as we all have got to get used to. But it, it get back to this crazy window system and uh, and and the way they try to manoeuvre these transfer things. 
it's totally false it's totally false um it really is it's uh it it skews everything it skews everything and and uh, and, and as neil said watch the rush in the next 48 last 48 hours um it'll just be manic you can see it coming but uh nah, it's an, a nonsense really and uh I w- i'd be amazed if the clubs don't do something about changing it even for next year never mind uh you know later but it's uh yeah I, i'm the good thing out of it for me is as lads have said i see my club now playing hardball with others that are playing hardball with us and fine if you want to play it that way it's a double-edged sword um and uh we have the power to buy anyway anyway we don't have to buy in the premier league you know so um long may it continue and i'm delighted my club's playing playing big boys for once instead of just saying um yeah we'll take that i mean you know in the previous regime uh, 12, 15 million for somebody trip years age would, would have been in Ashley's back pocket before he sat down. <laughs> it, uh, it's just uh, just incredible. So, um, yeah. Is that your door, George? It is. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll not be long. Okay, I'll let him go. Uh, Bill Burnett. I'll tell, says, tell uh, you the other thing about Phillips, mate, which I keep coming back to. Go on. Is which, which one are, we, are West Ham getting? Yeah, true. If, Good if point. They, if, if they're getting Phillips, who played his last season for Leeds, when I watched a lot of them with the Leeds lads and good fellas, he was one of the top four midfielders in the country, bar none. Yeah. Bar none. He was outstanding. I've seen none of that at Man City. Yeah. That's a good point. Bill Burnett says, who actually knows what was offered, what was paid and what the wages are? It's all conjecture. I've said this before, Bill. The only time we'll know what a football player gets is if they go to court. And, you know, they say he's been fined two weeks' wages, which is... Sixty thousand pound. Then we know that the player gets thirty grand. We still don't know what kind of caveats they get for maybe scoring a goal or whatever, a clean sheet. But you know, it gives us a basic rate of pay. So it's the only time we ever find out. And all of these things that float around the internet, uh, you know, I would say I probably just all made up. But um, uh, Blue Rhythm Boys, well, good to see Eddie squash the trip. Yet isn't happy up here, rumor. He did, but uh, the way I, what he said was he more or less said he wasn't agitating for a move. Um, you know, let's not get fooled by what goes on in football clubs. You know, sometimes, you know, a player wants to make sure that, you know, his reputation's intact at a football club and maybe they don't want to appear that they're agitating. Get where I'm coming from, Blue Rhythm Boy, with that one? So yeah. not everything that not everything we hear is, you know, is factual. Um, and so many of the journalists had that line in the aftermath of it all. I would suggest that came from the club. Yes, that's yeah. what well, that was my thinking. That's my thinking when I heard it. Yeah. All right, in, listen, well, in my eyes, it's the sort oh, of line that comes out when it looks as though the deal's not going to happen and the player's staying. So it's to appease those who, if he had gone, or those who turn around and go, well, he wanted to go and it caused a bit of like friction for the player. And especially after what the player went through um, yeah. after the Bournemouth game. So it's kind of. It kind of sort of settles the water, as if you like, makes out that the player's quite happy to stay or go um, because that's the nature of football. And if he ends up staying, he's he's still one of yours, lads. Okay, plenty to get through. Here's the DI Met.
Yeah, mate, well, I ask you to send in photographs of you meeting somebody from Newcastle United, past or present, and it's one of our panellists tonight who has uh, got this photo. It's Darren, who does the fans forum, and there he is, yeah. with, uh, one of the best goalkeepers I've ever seen at Newcastle, Mr. Shea Gibbon. Darren, uh, great Good photo that made, fantastic. If you've got a photo, send it to me or send it to the lads or stick it on our Facebook page. We've got a Facebook page, we've got a Facebook group. You pop over there, just give the Facebook page a like, give the Facebook group a follow, uh, join it and um, stick your photos and stuff on there and I'll pick them up during the week. Uh, thanks for that, uh, Darren. And uh, it also gives us the opportunity, of course, uh, to play the lovely music. <laughs> I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who came along to the Time Theatre last night for an evening with uh, the uh, the legends, Kevin Keegan, uh, Chris Waddle and Peter Beardsley. Full house at the Time Theatre, 1,200 Newcastle fans there last night. Fantastic event. Uh, Gibbo was a wonderful host as usual. I know a couple of you in the chat were there, Alan and uh, Moza uh, were there. But uh, great night, fantastic night. Uh, great, great, great reaction to the story. You could have, um, you could have cut the atmosphere with a, a knife last night. Everyone was hanging on everyone's word. And we specifically kept it at 82-84 last night. We didn't want to go into what's going on now or go on to the Ashley era. It was about those wonderful seasons when Kevin came and played as a player. We heard some great stories about you know, Chris Waddle and Arthur Cox and the attitude that he had towards him and vice versa. Um, you know, how Peter arrived at the club. Um, you know, the, the missing out on promotion the first season round. And then, of course, that wonderful season uh, which saw us go up. So, uh, great night. Uh, had by all. Uh, thanks to everybody who came along and supported it. Uh, we've announced a big one uh, for next year, which if you go to the Time Theatre's uh, website, tickets go on sale tomorrow. We're doing an evening with the entertainers in 12 months' time. And names to be confirmed over the course of the next six or seven months. Uh, we've, uh, we're working hard on the names and we should have about 16 or 17 people at that one, which should be a, an interesting one if you want wow. to come along with that. And we've got this one coming up. Uh, tickets go on sale next week. Uh, one night in Antwerp, Rob Lee at the City Hall, uh, which is Friday the 2nd of August. Ticketmaster is where you go for your tickets. Uh, if you've got O2, you'll be able to buy them in advance. And uh, I'm up in Dundee uh, with uh, Nobby Solano. Uh, that's next month. Tickets for that, 0759 639 So get yourself uh, a ticket for that. Uh, not many VIP left for that one, I don't think. That's uh, through the... The Scottish Supporters Association uh, up um, in Dundee. So looking forward to going up to do that. Uh, okay, um, still on transfers and you know things that you know things that could go in or things that could go out of this transfer window. Things that go bump in the night. Yes, um, Tom Dixon said. Uh, question for the lads: What's your thoughts on Alfie Harrison, the signing from Manchester City? He looks like a young Haaland and one for the future. Now, I'm always sceptical when I see YouTube videos. I've got to be perfectly honest. Let's face it. That's how Cisco arrived at the club. Um, no fault of Kevin Keegan's, I hasten to add. Uh, but, you know, he looks a player. And, and certainly reading between the lines, the, the acquisition of, uh, you know, one of the Man City's former members of staff at Newcastle has probably led to this transfer and the kids come in and, you know, Newcastle, I think the, the, the rumoured fee is around about £9 million for this kid and he's supposed to be a wonder kid. 
he has had an injury, I think, um, of course, which you know is 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 probably is probably something which Newcastle will have had to look at before they signed him. Interesting though, Eddie Howe knew nothing about it, more or less. Um, it was a transfer that he didn't play a part in. Um, he said today he picked these words carefully, but knew nothing about it. Is what he was saying, Mitch. Um, is this an Ashworth signing? You would have to think so. That there's, there's something, something there in terms of developing the, the the squad below the first team, but with an eye to development of the first team. Certainly, a, a phrase used, I gather, one of the uh, um, decisions he's made is that he sees with what's happened with Lewis Maley that there's a clearer path to first team football at Newcastle United than there is to Man City. So that's fair enough. My understanding is he's dislocated both knees at one stage or another. Yeah. Um, that scares me a little bit. Um, more than a little bit, actually. Um, but if he's one of these players who's had sort of big growth spurts at certain ages and the joints become unstable, um, if you're going to do that when you're young and able to recover from it, it's the time to do it. If I did it, I'd probably... Be on crutches for God knows how long. But um, surely the point of having a team and, and with Ashworth at the centre of the hub feeding into different parts of the club, Eddie Howe shouldn't necessarily be involved in every transfer below first team level, um, even if it's with one eye on developing into the first team. Um, so that doesn't bother us particularly and yeah if, if, if that's come with transfer of staff between the two clubs and a recommendation and somebody let it be known that he would be open to a move and they see a nine million investment in a young man that could in two years time be worth 30 or 40 that's a no-brainer that's the kind of signing we should be making from an ffp perspective yeah, George, you know, he could be the only incoming. Um, yes, yes. I just, the point I was getting at really is just, I found it strange that Eddie Howe didn't know anything about it. Well, to an extent, so do I, but I agree with Neil as well. If you've, if you've got a team beneath, beneath you that's looking at development, then um, is, is it fair to expect them to be involved in every one that you do? But when this one's slightly different thing about this one is one of the reasons he wants to move is because he sees more opportunity of first team football here than he does at Manchester City. And that's I've read as much as I possibly can about this this lad and in the in the uh the backstory's amazing. I mean that initially when he started, they were talking about him being as as good or um better than Foden, for God's sake. Well, if he's that good. Um, amazing, but uh, I, I like Neil, I can't help but wonder if uh, the, this really serious injuries he's had aren't um, another at uh, um, uh, you know, another second thought about them, you know. Um, so oh gosh, that's somebody upsetting me. Um, Liz, that his mother uh, on the bottom strap, Liz was my secretary for many, many years. When I did admissions, and and her and I um, had a fantastic relationship, and I uh, Callum, I send her my love because she's she's in 
She's in a home with a brain tumour at the moment, and it's tragic. So I'll not say any more because I'll get upset. No, let's go back to Harrison. <laughs> but thank you for that, Callum. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, if you read about his talent, I'm delighted he's ours. The only question is, has he got over the the, the, the serious injuries he's had? And I only trust in, in the, the information that the club's been given that they wouldn't let that be pulled. That uh, will be pulled over their eyes, I don't think. They're, they're up on that. But, yeah, in, when he's so so talked about so highly, uh, I'm slightly interested that Eddie Howe says he didn't know anything about it. But on the other hand, I think Neil's right. If you've got a, if you've got a team doing things beneath them, then you've got to let them do it. If they've got to stop every day and, and pick up the phone and say, "Hey Eddie, what about this? What about that?" It's it's not going to work. It's just that's that's micromanagement, and and even Eddie Howe's not that good. It'll just fall apart. So so that side of it, I understand what Neil's saying, but if if it's just on talent alone, the the reputation the boy comes with, and the fact that he's he's one of the reasons he's come is he's, he sees himself as getting in the first team here easier than at Manchester. Well, I'm I'm up for that as well. That's great. He's, if he's got that kind of ambition, uh, then he may be come to the right place. Anyhow, maybe just the, the just the man to give him the, what he wants. So you know, all in all, it's a very positive story for us. Very positive uh, uh, new uh, man in, into the into the club, and says. That we're, we're looking to develop at the right level, you know, our developments up there it, with the with the best, um, based, you know, and all of that based on some of the stories that I've seen Stephen that I was talking about on on WhatsApp this week about some of our younger ones that have disappeared who who for a while looked like world beaters and suddenly they've gone. I mean, what's all that? That's got to be looked at as well. So, it, the Harrison story is a positive one for me. Steve, what was your thoughts when you when you heard that, um, that you know he didn't have anything to do with it? Am I just being a bit too uh, dramatic on that, or do you think I've got? No, no. Do you, no, do you no, think no. I? Because I, I think you should. I think you should at least know we're looking at this kid, and you know I, I I don't understand why he wouldn't know about it, especially somebody as talented him who, you know, the stories go he's more advanced than Miley. Yeah. I, I was gobsmacked when you said it, Steve, because I hadn't I hadn't seen that bit in the press conference. Um, and I'm, I'm quite flabbergasted. I'm lost for words, actually. It's perfectly true. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be more talented than Miley. Um, let, let's 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 put this one put this one in its place, shall we? Lewis Miley would not be anywhere near the first team, but for a 65 million pound footballer who got suspended for ten months, followed by a series of injuries to yes. key midfielders. Yes. That yes. have been that have stretched out over a period of time when we've ended up with only Lewis Miley available to slot in alongside Bruno at some point, Joe Linton, and sometime Longstaff. The latter two, um, both being carrying injuries themselves at certain certain points in time. So, in in truth, I don't think Lewis Miley would have got a look in for the next two years at Newcastle. I think he would have gone out on loan eventually. They said they were going to keep him this year because the reason they were keeping him was because they wanted to hang around in the family environment. That's what was said at the start of the season. He went, they took him on the pre-season tour. He did okay, and they said, "Well, we're going to keep this lad, um, and we're not we're not going to farm him out. We think that he's be he'd be better staying with the family, um, just developing that way, keeping that. Maybe it was the personality. 
he looks and sounds like a very quiet lad and looks like a very immature at times 17 year old as well and um, when he's talking he obviously he's not immature 17 year old when he's playing football but uh i think i think the dynamics the whole dynamics changed with him i then look at the players and george you mentioned a few names i mean Sorensen was going to be a world beater we've heard that one as we're saying it about this this new lad Dylan Stevenson was going to be a world beater. He's just gone to South Shields. Remy Savage was going to be a world beater. And he's just gone up the Caledonian Thistle for for the for for the not even for the duration, but he's actually on a on a permanent transfer. So there's three key players, which always leave you to question what what has gone on in the academy over a long period of time. Not just during the time of those youngsters, but way, way back through probably the last 10 or 12 years, the way the academy's been run. Badly in my eyes, and badly in the eyes of many people I know who go to watch academy football on the under 19s, under 18s, under 21s regularly, um, and it and it shows as well the the talent a that we've lost and the talent b that that, that hasn't even made it through the door into even having an opportunity. I mean, a couple of weeks ago we had a couple of youngsters who got a run out, never been seen again. Will they be seen again? Will they ever wear a black and white shirt? Suspect not. Um, yet we're going up at Man City and we're buying someone with a potential at 18 year old of nine million pounds that quite honestly I'd never ever heard of. Um the my nephew give us some information about him because he follows and he's in that age band and he follows the 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 academy players. He knows a lot of them. He's been going to watch the academy since he was 12 or 13 and, and those lads in the academy were, were were going through the academy and are now in the under 18. So he knows quite a lot of the lads. So that's why he keeps an interest. So it's 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 a mystery wrap up in a conundrum if Eddie Howe didn't know anything about him. Yeah. Like, Steve, can I come back on, on that on see one of the names Steve's mentioned and you know he's talked about them before is Sorensen. If Sorensen had progressed the way people thought he would we wouldn't be looking for another center forward he'd be he'd be he'd be the answer would be there that's how good he was when when he was first put in the, in the first team and if he progressed as we'd expected we wouldn't have been looking for another center forward because we would have had him in the dressing room yeah. that, that's where he was wasn't he steve i mean that yeah. uh, so yeah. uh you know uh, Steve's right. We've got to ask questions about why, you know, where, where they've all gone and, and, and some of the others as well. That uh, um, Odd times are still going to the university. There's a couple of lads. They follow all the academy uh, games and they, you know, they, they speak volumes about certain players and, oh, he'll be good for this. And he'll be... None of them, none of them have appeared. They've all just disappeared altogether. Yeah. So, Matty Longstaff's another one, George. Yes, Matty, Matty Longstaff was was better than his brother. We were told. Yes, he, he scored that goal, and and he and, he, and everybody's going. He's a little terrier. He's a little Billy Bramner in midfield. Yeah. He's a David Batty. He's going to do. He's going to do everything. Obviously, the injury, but the injury came at a point where his Newcastle career had already stalled yeah. and was and was yes. coming to an end anyway, yes. um, for one reason or another. Well. I think we know the one reason was the, the particular manager and the way that he treated him and treated his brother, to be perfectly honest, you know. But yeah. um, it, it, on the other extreme, we build these youngsters up and then as soon as they get into the first team, we kick them down again, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it, it's a form. We know that it's a form. Chelsea have called it a form for years. They're, they're, they are happy. 
I mean, maybe this young lad's looked at Cole Palmer and thought, you know what? I was never going to get a look in at, at yeah. Man City. I'm not going to get in ahead of Rodri. I'm not going to get in ahead of Foden. I'm yeah. certainly not going to get a get a get a striker's position or, or play as a deep line centre forward instead of Haaland when he's injured. Um, well, that's one of the storylines that's coming out, isn't it? From, exactly. From, so, from so he's gone like a Cole Palmer and and hoping that within six months or so he's going to be breaking into the into the Newcastle first team. Yeah. And but if Eddie Howe doesn't even know who he is. That break-in's gonna be—it's gonna be a smash and grab raid. It's not just a break-in, is it? You know, DM me. Uh, great idea by Nicholas from the Felon. He says every Thursday until the end of the season, seven o'clock on the doorstep. Clap for clap. <laughs> <laughs> that has another connotation. That has another connotation. The ladies of the night in Liverpool might think. <laughs> no, no, I immediately thought Steve. We've all got to catch the clop. <laughs> That's clop, isn't that? That's clop for clap. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't happen to a nicer man. Uh, How said he wasn't involved in the deal itself, meaning Harrison. Not that he had no idea about it at all. By all accounts, he could be a great asset. Let's have some positivity, guys. We are trying to be positive. Well, we are. We are. I think, I think we're more positive than last week. Uh, definitely more positive than last week. <laughs> Gary V says we've got Mindy to come back in June, where I imagine he'll be assessed before deciding if he'll join the squad. Joe White was meant to be the real deal. Of course, he's back now from his loan spell at Crew Alexander. So, um, you know, potentially could get thrust into the spotlight. We've got the, well, young no. lad, the young lad that went up to Scotland from Australia as well. Yeah. Disappeared off cool. the face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just um ask you to mute yourself, lads, when you're when you're not speaking. There is a bit of feedback. Dave's mentioned it there. I could hear it, but if it if, if it starts impeding on the listener, maybe just might have to keep reminding you not to um uh, to unmute yourselves, lad, but that's that's fine. Uh okay, uh we did we've had lots of lots of questions coming in. Dave Dave Avery. Oh, that got worse. I'm gonna mute you, George. I think it could be you. There you go, mate. Yeah, it's definitely Me? yours, George. For some for some reason we're getting a little bit of feedback on you. Let's see. Yeah, it stopped. Let's try it again. I'll unmute you, George. It's not great viewing when I'm doing this. I know, folks, but we've got to sort it out. Fun. There we go. Right. Okay. Well, look, we've, uh, maybe we're, <laughs> are you just messing around, Mitch, just to wind us up? Uh, do you think? Do you think moving out of the Richie uh, Richie Dummett, etc., will allow us to move into the transfer market come the summer? I mean, it's going to help, isn't it, Mitch, to get rid of some of the surplus the surplus players there? I mean. Lascelles has been mentioned, although again Eddie came out with his usual line, "Yeah, well, uh, Jamal's done a lot for us this year, and I uh, don't want to see him go." I mean, he says that about everybody, but there are going to be players who are going to move out. We've lost Manquillo now to to Celta Vigo, so that's one off the books. But we've we've got to ship Richie Dummett Hendrick, haven't we? But, but wasn't it, wasn't it something like six, seven, eight players out of contract at the end of the season? Yeah, it's a significant amount. That's a significant chunk of wages. And things you can start to play with in terms of, um, and why they're investing in somebody like Harrison. We need to be thinking of who can we bring in and how do we get clever about how we bring people in from an FFP perspective. We're also having to satisfy uh, the UEFA rules, which are slightly different. We also then have to satisfy should we qualify for Europe again, who's homegrown, who's not homegrown. And, and how that all works and who goes in your A squad and your B squad and, you know, if it's a Wednesday, don't pass go and don't collect $200 and go straight to jail. And it, all of these things need to be worked out and having that number of players out of contract and allowing their wages to come off the, the, the payroll 
um, certainly gives us wiggle room that we don't have without. And keeping them on was always sensible from making up a squad for the Champions League this season, um, from keeping a squad together where he obviously values some people and what they do off the pitch and what they bring into the dressing room. Um, and I know people have sometimes been a little bit sniffy about that, but don't underestimate it. Um, I certainly don't. Um, and, and so, yes, it's got to help. Um, however, we still have to be smart because that's a lot of people disappearing out of the squad that we have to replace. And it's not a pint of wine. It's a pint of Jim Beam and Coke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's, it, it does, it helps, but we've still got to be clever how we replace people. Yeah, yeah, very true. Uh, yeah, people pointing out how many's in the chat. 630 watching live. Uh, we never take it for granted. Thanks for joining us tonight on the uh, the Three Amigos. Uh, George, um, yeah, shifting out some of the dead wood, mate. It's, it's going to help, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, there's got to be, I mean, I think that's why the summer was the big plan for transfers, you know, and all the injuries and other things have just upset that. So, yes, there will be, hopefully, there'll be some some big movement then. And, and as Neil says, seven or eight who are likely to go. Um, can I quickly, Steve, just satisfy the curiosity that was on the strap? It wasn't me kebab, it was me paying me window cleaner that I missed earlier in the week. <laughs> That's why the bell went. Um, anyway, yeah, it, it, a lot more, um, a lot more turnover and and um, and money to, to bring back in. And I think that's one of the reasons, if things had stayed as they were and we hadn't got hit with this uh, this uh, maelstrom of uh, of injuries, because uh, that's what it's been like. Um, it would have stayed like that. Summer. I'm not sure we would have done much business anyway in this this window. But now we've got to, in my view, we've got to do something to support anyhow. Is is my view about this? And 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 that I think that's every bit as important as supporting players and and, and all the other things. Is the guy's done a job for us, um, and if if he needs support, then he should get it, even if it is on loans. I I, I don't care how they do it. Um, but uh, that's the bottom line for me. It's about it's about showing Eddie Howe that we appreciate him as much as much as anything else. And if they don't, what they're effectively saying is the season's over. Not really what we want. No, I don't think the fans would stand for that. To be perfectly honest, um, uh, it, it would it would just be a nightmare. It would it'd be like winding the clock back fourteen bloody years, you know. So no, I don't think that's going to happen. I think uh, get. Get uh, support in for Eddie Howe. That's what we want. And then end the season, all the names that have been flashing up there um, is, uh, uh, yeah, end the season. It, 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 that's the time we'll have a shake out and drop all of these these stats. And let's face it, some of them have been good servants. I mean, Matt Ritchie, go with me, with a, with a big uh, big pat on the back from me. He's, he oh, never, yeah. misses, never misses giving 100%. So, Top but, man. Time, yeah, time moves on and, and we've got to move on. And it's about being a big club again. That's where we keep coming back to. It, you know, the days when uh, people could hang around and uh, got their pensions long gone. It's it's not going to happen now. So, yeah, yeah let, let's, let's show us support anyhow is my view about all that. And Gary Milligan's missus has just come out and said, oh, isn't George cute? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh dear me. <laughs> um, I'll keep it short because I think the guys have covered it already. But all I say is that when Eddie comes out and says what he said about Lascelles and uh, you know, great servant, don't want to lose him, blah blah. I wonder if there's a little bit of I don't know who I'm going to get as his replacement. So hence my reluctance for the player to, to be seen to be going because I don't know who the people above are going to bring in and I don't know how that's going to fit because I think we've heard on a number of occasions little snippets just on the on our little circuit of contacts where we've heard um, where names have been bandied around and Eddie's vetoed it. And I'm just wondering whether because we're in the last six days, Eddie's now getting to the point of, hang on, I might not be able to veto that move if it suddenly gets pushed through and I don't know who I'm getting in to replace him. Just just a thought. Mm, okay, interesting. Jules says the feedback is when Steve Hasty talks for me, something with his connection. So it's your it's your actual personal connection, Steve. Something that's plugged into your body, yeah. I think. No, it must no. be. <laughs> it's just you. It's just the way Steve talks. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, we're halfway through the show. It's time for the ad. A big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 2545 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website skipsandbins.com, easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks again to Mr. Vicky Sources, handmade in Cumbria. If you'd like to order some, then give them a call on 01768 210102. Go to their website, mrvickies.co.uk. Or drop them an email, info at mrvickies.co.uk. A big thanks to United Group Travel. They're a family firm based in Morpeth with pickups throughout the Northeast. No strangers on our tours, just people you haven't met yet. They've got a presence on Facebook and a website, unitedgrouptravel.com. If you want to make a booking, give them a call on 01670-632-460 or mobiles 0791. 666-4174-0795-71-41654. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, Independent Funeral Directors. Let us look after you in your time of need. They're based on Old Durham Road in Gateshead, and you can contact them at their website, darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Email darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Or give them a call, 0191-478-2730. A big thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the technical side of things. And a big thanks to New Workwear. You can find them at newworkwear.com. If you want to help the channel, hit the thumb up to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button and share to your other social media. You can also pay a one-off fee of £25 to get a scarf, a cup, a pen. And a membership card. Go to the website nufcmatters.com and click membership. Or put your smartphone over this QR code. We also support the food bank on this channel. If you want to make some donations virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. We're also a podcast on Spotify, iTunes and other podcast providers. Just search NUFC Matters. I'm also a part of the Northeast Footy Brecky Show. You can listen to that Monday to Friday, 7 or 9, 
at thetooneuk.com. Okay, welcome back to NUFC Matters. It is the three amigos on Friday night, an hour left to go. And as you know, we have lots to get through on a Friday. So here is Tweet of the Week. Okay, starting off with this one, uh, which was a, a chain of uh, tweets uh, on X. Philip Koku's Derby. Um, it started with this photo of this guy with a long neck. Joe Stewart said he went for a tattoo on his neck and they charged him for a sleeve. Uh, Daniel says, <laughs> I can't wait for you to uh, visit Barnsley. I'll fill you in. Uh, Joe Stewart replied that he would give him a Chinese burn on his neck. <laughs> Childish, I know, but funny. Uh, she's had a tough life anyway, lads. Helen back. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Here's your Star Trek one for the week. I can only sleep on a pile of old magazines. You must have back issues. Oh, oh, oh Jesus. And uh, not many people know that Mickey Mouse is actually bald. <laughs> people are saying they don't like my salads. They say they're too dry. It's something that needs addressing. Oh, dear me. Time for a sing song. Sweet dreams are made of cheese. Who am I to disagree? I cheddar the world and feta cheese. Everybody's looking for Stilton. Fantastic. Well done. <laughs> I've sent that by a couple of people actually. So thank you for that. Uh, Miss Cole, how are you posting on Facebook but not answer my call? Call again. Missed video call. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I do like I do like that. <laughs> And 885 at the Co-op UK. No chance when I get to the end of, I'll wait till I get to the end of the season and get it on a free. Bosman, <laughs> no. Bosman, Bosman red wine. And this is the day that Dan Byrne met the Smurfs. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> <Cheers>, Gary. <laughs> and another one from uh, Stu. Uh, what time are you coming over, mate? 4.23. That's a bit specific. Any particular reason? Well, any time specific when you think about it, like four o'clock is a specific time too. So no more specific than any other time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thanks, Stu. Um, uh, Dung Beetle walks into a bar and says, pardon me, is this stool taken? Oh. Very good, Andrew. And uh, back once again for the Renegade Master, D4 Damager, power to the people. <laughs> yeah. Now, I attempted a tune there, Ian. I attempted a tune for you, especially. Uh, how did you find your steak, sir? I just looked next to the potatoes, and there it was. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, here's a weather-related tweet of the week. For everyone asking how the roads are, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Oh. <laughs> We've had a lot of storms in the last couple of weeks. And here's the roofers next week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Ian Hull again, I asked my wife what women really want. She said a tent of lovers. Or perhaps it was a tent of lovers. I wasn't really listening. <laughs> oh. Oh. Star Wars, as you know, I like to feature a Star Wars one on here as well, lads. This is a bit of genius, this. Did you know this? Star Wars was mostly painted. Almost impossible to yeah. believe. Most of the epic widescreen science fiction images in the first three Star Wars films were done by matte painting artists. That's incredible, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Didn't know that, lads. So there you go. A bit of useless Star Wars uh, stuff for you today. And uh, a little bit of a, um, a way of spicing up Jesus. Spice up your wall with a bun, Jesus. 
Have you seen the Have you seen the rap version? Oh no, you'll have to send us. You'll have to send Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> uh, there's a tent for sale, lads, and when you uh, see it, you'll know why. Oh God. <laughs> and when you've seen it, you cannot unsee it, can you? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, who broke into the barn stole our limbo stick? Seriously, how low can you go? Oh. <laughs> This could apply to Sunderland as well. By the time this fills up, uh, Tottenham will win the Premier League title. <laughs> I've been doing the rounds. I've seen that a few times. And uh, Tori sold one of our leopard print, uh, print coats on Vinted. She says she's never felt more shamed in her life when the feedback was, thank you, it's for a fancy dress. It's Cats Later. I'm sure it'll be fine. Oh. <laughs> Cats Later, of course, from uh, EastEnders. And uh, received this from Mitch earlier. Just caught my pecker in my zipper. God, it hurts. No more zipper boots for me. <laughs> oh, hate boosters. Hate boosters. I love this one from Ian Hull. This was great. I found out after 41 years that there are no holes in the pool tables in the beaded video. Correct. Very good. Very good. Just like pool table. <laughs> yeah. And here's some advice for you youngsters. Meet people the old-fashioned way. Through alcohol and poor judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, millennials. Um, and if you're here for the premature ejaculations meeting, you've come too soon, sir. Ka-ching. Uh, most people use their phones to call or text people. I'm at the age, and this is me, where I use my phone to take pictures of labels I can't read and use my phone to enlarge the print so I can read it. <laughs> 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 And for those of you on a diet, I'd like to make you feel better. There's always somebody worse off than you. Uh, in only two weeks, Robert only lost two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and just for those who uh, may report me to any powers that be, uh, I wasn't fat shaming anyone there. It was a joke. And warning to tourists, do not laugh at the natives. A sign that Jimmy has seen somewhere in Sunderland. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> And, and and this one, I'd I, I love this, lad. So this is this is really me tweet of the week. Somebody sent me this in line for a quick one. Do you remember this, lads? Newcastle Inn is the sign uh, of the yeah. pub. Uh, when you're on the right track, it's in Newcastle Inn you're in. Yeah. Uh, how many of these boo Is there any of these boozers are still around? The Lord Collingwood. No. The Georgian Dragon is still there. No, it's the gone. No, the Georgian Dragon on Eldon Square. You're right. Aye, it's the George, uh, isn't it? The, the George uh, off the big market. It's a, the Blackett. Yeah. The hot spur is still there, isn't it? Yeah. No? Yes. The hay market, yeah. no, well, that's still there, but it's a different name. The farmer's rest, long gone. Gone. City Tavern. Um, Royal Archer in Jesmond. That's gone. Gone. The Lonsdale in Jesmond. That's the still Jubilee. there. The Jubilee on One's Beck Road. The Sun on Fallian Ends. The, the Sun's He'll taste that eye. And the Beaumont in Shyamua. Sure. Monk Seaton, the ship and the Monk Seaton Arms. Monk Seaton uh, Arms are still there. Whitley Bay, the station and the ship. Tynemouth, the Royal Sovereign. That must have long gone by now, I think. It is. The North Shields bar was the White Hart. Uh -huh. The Seine Boat in Smith's Park. Wall's End, the, the Anson. Anson's yeah. still there. Anson's still there. Percy Arms in Percy, Maine. The Railway and Walker Gate. 
No. Oh, the Arabian biker. Still no. going strong. Isn't it the Raby? Must still be going Raby's strong. still right? there. And I think, yes. I think yeah. uh, the railway in, in, in Walker Gate's still there, isn't it? The railway's the one uh, on the big one on the corner. The Portland, the Portland yeah. at Manners, New Bridge Street, that's changed hands a load of times, but it's still there. Portland, Portland went long ago. That's where that's where the the the, uh, the new off um, John Dobson Street, that's when that went, when they put the blue carpet um, in. Right, okay. It was, it was opposite uh, Tiffany's. Right, got you. The Gloucester and Gateshead Central. Don't know Gateshead. Gone that. Yeah. And the Swat, the Maiden Over is gone. It's flattened. It's a house. But the Swan on Sunderland Road is still there. So there you right. go. A little bit of history. I'm sure all of you who will be sitting watching this now will be going, yeah, I remember that ball. I remember that ball. I'll be bringing back some memories. Uh, so that was me. That was me uh, top tweet this week. Uh, if you've got any tweets of the week, send them to our Facebook group or Facebook page. Join them. Like them. Do what you've got to do on there. Or send them to me on Twitter. Um, which, of course, is now called X. Big shout-out to uh, Taylor, who was in the chat. He says, I can't wait to have Nobby and Steve in our hometown of Dundee for all the Newcastle United supporters in Scotland. Going to be something special for a great cause, too. Yeah, big shout-out to you, mate. We'll keep plugging that now up until the 24th yeah. of February. It's a cracking... Uh, a cracking um, place to go as well, uh, Dundee. Been up there a few times. Going to go and pay my respects to Desperate Dan at the statue. Uh, question for Amigos. Did any of you lads do a day's pub crawl through all of that lot on the in-metro line? No. Mitch? We did one with the new admission of dental students. Uh for two or three years as part of the dental society at the dental school that did sort of part of the metro line and then walking up from the hair market eventually ending up in oh what's the pub at the uh, at the pub at the near the dental school can't remember the bloody name of it now um yes. but yeah we, we, we did something similar. Was that, was that always was that, messy? The dental school's equivalent of Leeds Otley Run. Pretty much, I. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. as a as a teetotaler, even I've done one because, again, student related, uh, the Society for Naval Architects at Newcastle University, for several years, always uh, always had one, and I was. Uh, uh, harangued as one of the guides and uh, regarded as uh, because I was teetotal, regarded as a safe pair of hands. Well, I guided half a dozen of them into the ladies' toilet in a pub in Shields. No, no. <laughs> but yes, yeah. I've, done, I've done one. Yes, yes. Uh, lots of people in the chat. Big shout out to Richie Southern. Uh, nope. Um, good to see him in uh, the chat as well. You're always welcome, mate, on the fans forum if you want to jump on, mate, when you're ready. Um, Ian says, I think we need a couple at least one to get everyone thinking positive again. You can't wait for injured players to come back that could break down, yeah. which is what Eddie said in his press conference. Yeah. Richard Morris says, brilliant show, lads. Uh, quality show, Steve, with the boys. I've been watching for years. David Cook, I will certainly send you the details, mate, and uh, you can give uh, Taylor a ring and sort yourself a ticket out. Uh, why did we make so much noise about being allowed to get Saudi deals, but then not used to our advantage? We didn't. The press did. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I, 
I yeah. still think that could be a possibility. Um, I'm going to ask you, lads, about Hall, because um, Sean asked earlier, should we pull out the whole deal, Mitch, do you think? It's a lot of money, if we're being honest. We've got no idea if he's good. One game versus Manu aside, I'd like to see money go further. Any thoughts? I think there is something odd about the whole situation with Hall. And I still wonder, was it a signing made for Eddie Howe? Or one that Eddie wanted. And I'm still not sure. He's managed them very, very, very carefully to the point of I can see why people are asking questions. Um, however, there's no doubt he's a talent. I get the feeling that the they and he don't know what his best position is. And they want to get that established before they then go forward. We've still got a lot of football to play. And he could come into the reckoning in midfield. He could come into the reckoning at left fullback. He could come into the reckoning um, in another way. Um, but whatever they seem to be doing, they seem to be honing them to one North Terrace. Yes, that's absolutely it. Used to end, yeah. used, used to end with doing yards of ale in the North Terrace. Which I believe I'm I believe I'm still on the board there at some stage. I think I'm third or something like that. But anyway, that was that was tell <laughs> well, you what, it came, you were first it came, for a long time. It came out quicker than it went in. Um anyway, um yeah, it, it, he's been handled in a very unusual way, and I think that's that's why everybody's sort of like questioning what's going on. Um however, when he has contributed, he's contributed well for me. So as a young talent, and he ticks a lot of boxes from a FFP, from squad building perspective, from satisfying homegrown and ticking boxes there and things like that. Um, I don't see why not go ahead with it, because twenty-five million seems to be nothing for a young English player these days. The market's all over the place. Mm. The Lewis Hall one, George. What's your thoughts on that? Well, like Neil, it's puzzling the way it's all been treated, but the little bit I've seen him, he's a talented footballer. And I think we did discuss some time ago whether or not um, Howe sees something in him, but he wants him to play in a particular way. And until he gets that right, uh, he's he's going to be in the shadows. And and uh, But I've got to agree with the, the questioner. If, if that's true, it's a heck of a lot of money to take a chance on like that. So um, I'm sure they're thinking about it because... Uh, there's certainly a talented player there. There's, there's no question. Is, is he a talented player for us is the, is the, is the real one. And uh, I'm sure if Eddie Howe thinks there is, then the lad will get a chance. Steve? Mitch said he, that he's caught between being a fullback and a midfielder. If he was a midfielder, yeah. he would have been playing in midfield when, when, we've had a, when we've had a dearth of midfield players. When we've had a, you know, um, if he was a fullback, he would have, he would have played ahead of of um, Dan Byrne, and then he would have also came in for Dan Byrne when Dan Byrne was injured. But instead, we played a right side fullback as left fullback. Maybe his problem is he came at the same time as Livramento, and he's been compared to Livramento in training, and we're seeing the progress of Livramento um, as opposed to a lack of progress possibly for for Hall. Um, Harris Nashby, is it? Was it Harris Nashby that we bought? Yes, yeah, yeah. And immediately farmed him out. 
um, and haven't heard anything about him coming back. I haven't heard anything. So that's another youngster. So we're, we got, started got youngsters playing for Swansea the other night against Portsmouth. That's right. Yeah. So we started picking up youngsters, and you know we've got we we look as though we were looking towards the future and and filling our squad up with young English talent that uh, wasn't needed or didn't think it had a chance at, at either West Ham or Chelsea. And in Ashby, he was formed out for a season at the same time as we brought Hall in, who's never got a look. I find it very odd. Um, and again, I mean, uh, we mentioned there before that, that this seems to now, I mean, looking at the comments, somebody said that Ash, uh, that um, that Eddie didn't actually say he had nothing to do with it or hadn't seen it or whatever. There was a, yeah. it was a twist of words. Um, was it possibly similar? Somebody upstairs going and saying, "Well, we can get this lad. It's going to be. It's just. It's just on a loan, with a view to a permanent deal next season." And they're looking towards offloading players. Perhaps he's there because we're losing Matt Ritchie, left-sided. You know, maybe it's the same as as someone with a little bit of versatility. The only trouble is the, the, the players that are versatile and play all over the pitch. The Paul Maidleys that George will remember. You know, yeah. Here, could never decide whether he was a full-back, a centre-half, a sweeper, um, a midfielder, and it tends to jeopardise their the, the career going forward. Well, well it, you know? that one you mentioned, though, Steve, if, if he'd picked the position, he was good at them all, and he would yeah. have played for England. And that, and that yeah. had his England career because he, he couldn't, yeah. you know, he couldn't settle. And I think Steve Watson's a perfect recent example of exactly. that. In, exactly, exactly. Future. Uh, a player who played everywhere but goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, he probably played goalkeeper for us as well. <laughs> Centre forward, full backs, midfield, wing, you name it there. Stevie Watson played it for us. Can you imagine, can you imagine what the wall must be like in his house? He's got every number from 2 to 11 <laughs> with his name on <laughs> He did actually play in goal at school, Steve. I can tell you that for nothing. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Go on, Mitch. I think you wanted to bring something up tonight. Uh, the but floor is yours, some, sir. Something that's broken while we've been on air. Um, in the Belgian league, um, there was a game between Henk and Anderlecht, uh, played on the 23rd of December, and a court has just ruled it must be replayed because Ooh. of a VAR error. No. Wow. No. Wow. Yeah. God, we're so, going to be top of the league by this by a couple Hink, of weeks. <laughs> took, it to, took it to court, and the court has ruled the game must be replayed. <laughs> oh my God, that's mental. Now, what kind of worms have we just unearthed here? Well, speaking of our resident judge, George, that's a different country, so it's a different jurisdiction. It still goes into the European court. And uh, despite what our government thinks, um, our Supreme Court still takes notice of the European Court. So if it goes to the, to the European Court and they pick up what Belgium said and, and they're part of the European system, uh, then it's going to come hurtling across the channel at 100 miles an hour. And I, if Clippity Club's looking at that, by God, he'll make mincemeat of that. It, it, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, so, yeah, it... it, it that's my understanding, Steve. Is if, if it's if it's if it's in the European system, and the European Court uh, backs it up, and I can't say how they they won't when it's in Belgium, uh, then our Supreme Court would handle it as well. So, 
it it could be amazing, amazing. But frankly, if they're as awful as ours are, they've brought it on themselves. That's all I can say. <laughs> Here's the thing: where does that leave us with PSG? Well, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a European team. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. This is the sort of thing, though, when a decision gets made like that, that any appeal, but well, it's either you don't appeal and you just allow it to and just play the replay because it, because it's a sport and integrity, or if they go to appeal, it'll not get hurt for two years. By yeah. which time the season's over, the decision's made, and then you get yes. into some sort of compensation argument, and and we all know how they go. You you look at the Tevez situation. Um, in Mascarano, was it when when they were out there, West Ham, and then the the the, the situation with uh, Sheffield United, um, the situation that's still lurking around Everton, um, and, I, and there was also a very interesting one. I don't know whether you picked up on this, guys, but Derby County put their accounts out uh, the other day, yes. and within the accounts was a little addendum that said they'd given two and a half million to Middlesbrough as yes. compensation because yes. Middlesbrough was taking them to court. If yes. you remember, because Middlesbrough said they missed out on the playoffs because Derby had had been done for breach of rules, etc., um, and then went bust. And uh, they, they asked for a hundred million. They got two and a half because at the end of the day, there was no guarantee that the Borough were going to finish in the top six anyway. As it happened, they didn't finish in the top six. And even if you'd finished in the top six, there was no guarantee you would have hit that holy grail of 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 being promoted. But out of court, there was a settlement with the administrator to, to smooth the area and break two and a half million pounds in cash. So, yeah. wow. it, it's we're entering so many situations with football at the moment where a lawyer could step in and change yeah. a, di a direction. Yeah. Um, I believe it's a um, Belgian court, mainstream court. Then not a league, not a, not a league appeal. Time, when was the last time a Belgian court got done over? Was it a Bosman by any chance? <laughs> yeah, uh, possibly. possibly. That's where yeah. it, well, that's where it would start, Steve. That's where it would I start. It was, I think it was Belgian, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was the Belgian league. Yes, that's where it would start. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, we are uh, an hour and a half into the show, like, and there still hasn't been a you know a break in this Klopp coverage on Sky. I, I, I genuinely cannot believe that they've gone on for an hour and a half, 90 minutes, a full game of football. Uh, and now we've moved into a Jurgen Klopp special. What the hell have we been suffering for the last hour and a half, for God's sake? This is the pulling his hamstring, chasing the fourth official across the page. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, you know, I hope you, I hope Jurgen Klopp lives a, a long and prosperous life. I dread the day that he does pass away. I mean, if this is the kind of stuff we will get when he's leaving a job, what are we going to get when we, what we're going to get when he, when he does pass away? Damn it. We didn't get this for Bobby Charlton, the guy who won the World Cup. Uh, come on, man, where's the <laughs> sense of where, even the, even the yellow strip along the bottom is uh, the <laughs> yellow strip along the bottom is all about him. There's nothing, yeah, nothing else. There's nothing else happening. I don't the think best. Sky even. I don't think Sky even get get a bloody queen an hour and a half. <laughs> well, this is, honestly, George, this is ludicrous. I mean, I've left. I've, I've deliberately left it on in the background. <laughs> I, I seen it earlier, and, and and I was I was so sickened by it, I had to put it off. And that one was of, one, of the, best, one of the best tweets I saw was I think it was Steve Walworth on um, 
on Twitter, he put up Jurgen Klopp's packing in because he said he's exhausted. He's 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 running out of steam. And they said, well, if you hadn't ran up and down the touchline yeah. for the last eight years, he wouldn't have been tired. <laughs> if he if he if he'd spent less time worrying about us and complaining yeah. to the media about us, maybe he'd be a bit more calm. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. Zabi Alonso, of course, getting linked with a job. Every they have a slight break to to talk about somebody who they reckon that Sky's picking the manager. He's in a job for God's sake. He's an ex Liverpool. Yeah, same Germany, cut off cough. Yeah, well there you go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, one, tw- uh, we're uh, we've got we've got about half an hour to go, guys. We're going to go through two and look at next, and we're going to have to look ahead to the following game. I definitely featured in dispatches this week in uh, Lookalikey, but there's been some great ones. <clears throat> Jobba Dini says, Lookalikey, assuming you'll do it on Friday. On the left is Richard Lineback playing Ramos in an episode of Star Trek Next Generation. And on the right is Jason Sudeikis from Ted Lasso uh, and all sorts of stuff. Very good, that. Yeah. Very good. I like that one. Um, not knowing I've got a few, <laughs> few potential winners. Um, Tom Dixon sent a few in Peter Beale from East Enders and Patrick Bamford. Yeah, I told yeah. you the standard had gone up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did hear Steve's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like this Martin Wolford and Jack from on the buses. <laughs> Another good one from Tom. And then the uh, the, the these ones which uh, we seem to be getting sent in on a regular basis Karen Gillen, Brittany Robertson. Very good, Ralph Fiennes and Bradley Cooper. That is good. Zoe Deschanel and Alexis Bleedel. Yeah. Very good. I'm sure there's a bit of jiggery-pokery going on with those ones. Yeah. Same as, same as this. Um... <laughs> Dear me. <laughs> Poor Daniela Westbrook. She does get hammered on these lookalikes. Uh, Paul O'Grady. Alan... <laughs> Paul O'Grady and Alan Pardew. Another good one, Tom. You've had a good role uh, this week, I've got to be honest. And this one, Aaron Ashmore of Smallville and Wayne Rooney. <laughs> That's good, Dad. That's good. Yeah. Another Tom Dixon classic. Um, <laughs> the Hoggle from the Labyrinth. <laughs> I do like Your that face. one. It, it is good. It, it's, it's another good likeness. Um, we, had good. One, we had one of Mitch, which I missed last week. Oh, <laughs> dear me. <laughs> Roly from Grange Hill, Roland, Roland, and thank you for this one, Hellboy and James Milner. <laughs> I think that was Mark Byers, if I remember rightly. Uh, Miss Mozza, thank you, Chris Wooden, Michael that, Dawson. That is spooky, that and. This one never grows old. My art teacher said I was a terrible at art until my dad came to parents' evening. I took that into look like you just got to the face. <laughs> uh, this is a slightly different look like you. Senegal flag and the Cameroon flag. Cameroon coach and the Senegal coach. <laughs> Copies. <laughs> Copies. I can't remember who sent this one in, but I can see where you're coming from with the forehead. Yeah, slight, slight look likely, but not a great yeah, one. But slight look likely. Ron Livingston and Kyle Chandler. Mm, so so, so yeah. so. And this one from Jimmy. Martin Luther King came back to play for the Ravens. 
Now, it's not just Jimmy, but I think that, that was all over Twitter in America. It was all over the sports as well. Everybody was, was talking about it. That's well, that's where Jimmy weird. is. So he's, he's clearly picked up on that, which is a good one. Uh, this one from Rita of me. <laughs> ah. Morton Harkin from Aha, which uh, I got that one. I like that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not as accurate as the Steve Hasty ones that Rita sent in. Yeah. Yep, waiting for them. Thank you. She's on holiday in Poland, so she sent you a, red, a white crested cuckoo, which is a Polish chick, and a factory white Polish chicken. Because uh, her and her and Geordie are away uh, for for a trip away. Geordie's birthday, happy birthday to him, by the way. Um, but, uh, she, yeah, and she did send this one as well. Because we're in Poland, the Polish selection of chickens for you, Hasty. And I love the way she threw our first one in of herself, just yeah. to lull us into a false sense of security. I think the top one, the top one's pretty like you, Steve. That one, the top oh, one. On the white crested cuckoo. That's definitely great. I can hear Keith laughing from you. Timmy yeah. Mallet and Howard Jones. <laughs> wow. Another, another good one. Last few. Uh, Sergio Ramos and young Joseph Stalin from Tom. Mm -hmm. And Pablo Zabaleta and Peter Jacobson from Tom. <laughs> yeah. Toby Jones and Joe Cocker. Another one from Rita. It's not bad. Big forehead. <laughs> and um, top four, Rio Ferdinand and Snoop Dogg from Tom Dixon. Drugs. Number three, Angry Mac and Granny and Green Close from Tom Lynch. <laughs> number two, uh, number three, sorry, is this one. Joshim Lowe and Rand Moss from South Park. <laughs> This is number two. Daddy Al Ramayan, thanks for this one. Darren Eels and uh, the vicar from BBC This Country, Paul <laughs> Chai. Looks like Two Face, the bloody Batman villain. It does, yeah. <laughs> and number one this week, because it's somebody new. Thanks, Arthur. Junior Soprano. <laughs> and Steve <laughs> Oh dear! Thank you, Arthur. I'll give you that one, mate. Uh, very good. Keep your look at coming in. Uh, usual place. If you send them across to us at uh, Twitter or join our Facebook group and page, and we will feature them on the show next week. Okay, I uh, had over six hundred and forty watching tonight. Thanks so much wow. for watching, folks. Uh, as I say, we never, take, never take never take it for granted. Um, as always, we look ahead to the games and uh, Newcastle United, of course, taking on Fulham, uh, which is an FA Cup fourth round tie at Craven Cottage, and it's live seven o'clock start on ITV Four. All away tickets have been sold. Three thousand eight hundred we have. And um, on the advice of the home club, random ID checks won't take place uh, tomorrow. Uh, that is because of the consequence of congestion at the turnstiles against Liverpool last Wednesday in anticipation of similar delays on Saturday. Um, they've recommended getting there well before kickoff. Uh, don't forget, um, and it is confusing, people going, is, it, is, is there extra time? Is it, what you, is it penalties? What is it? Well, tomorrow it's... Level after 90 minutes, it's a replay. And the date set for that is the 6th of February, unless it gets televised. It could be a day earlier, it could be a day later. Uh, the winners will take place, uh, take their place in the fifth round draw, which is on Sunday. If it's a draw, of course, we'll be in it anyway. Uh, the draw takes place before Liverpool and Norwich. 
uh, which is 2.30 kickoff on Sunday, so it'll probably be around about 2 o'clock. Uh, ball number will be 16, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, as I've already said today, uh, the press conference, Eddie Howe confirmed that Jacob Murphy was back in training, uh, but stopped short of saying he was playing, although I would imagine he would feature. I've still got a feeling Harvey Barnes isn't as far away as he, as he keeps saying. Uh, didn't didn't give anything on Willock, of course. Uh, we know that uh, Joe Linton, Nick Pope and Tenali won't feature at all for various reasons. Um, Callum Wilson is uh, probably not going to be fit until Aston Villa. And Matt Target and Elliot Anderson are both on the comeback trail, but no firm dates. Joe White is cup-tied, uh, but will feature in the squad for the rest of the season uh, now that he is back, if, if required. Referee, Jared Gillette, second game in charge. Uh, the other one was the Carabao Cup defeat at Chelsea. VAR, which is often switched off and now has been uh, overturned by a court of law in another country, uh, is run by Robert Jones. Uh, and if you want to watch it, out and about in the town, Freight, Newcastle behind High Bridge, Pumphreys in the big market, and the Dog and Parrot on Clayton Street West will have the game on. There's a fan zone at Market Shaker in the Big Mart as well if you want to get along there. As always, uh, with our little build-up on this show, uh, we always have Toon Stato to give us a few stats. So here is the man himself, Andre. <laughs> Hello everyone, FA Cup 4th round tomorrow for Newcastle, our last realistic chance of winning some silverware this season, finally. Let's look into the stats to see what do they say. We have 4 games against Fulham in the FA Cup and 4 wins, the last being in 1961. Actually every time we have played them we have scored at least 4 goals and we have even scored 6 and 5 on 2 of the occasions. And the total number of goals in these four games is 24, which makes it the second most high-scoring game in the history of the FA Cup for any two teams they have played at least four games. Now, for Eddie Howe, this will be the first game in the FA Cup against Premier League opposition. And the funny stat is that so far in nine games with Bournemouth and Burnley, he has one draw and eight defeats. He has never won against Premier League opposition in the FA Cup. Having said that, Newcastle is on a run of seven consecutive defeats in the FA Cup against Premier League opposition or top-flight opposition, which is an equal record from Liverpool and Charlton. Seven. No team ever in the top-flight English history has lost eight consecutive game games against fellow top-flight opposition. Fulham, on the other hand, you know, they lost the semi-final the other day against Liverpool. And last season, they eliminated Sunderland in the fourth round to reach the fifth round of the competition. They have not reached the fifth round in consecutive seasons for more than 13 years. Let's see how it goes tomorrow. It's going to be an enjoyable game. I'll also be in London, so let's hope that our run continues. Thank you, Andrea. Safe trip and uh, enjoy the game, as Rob Byron says. Scunny McPaul here with a double dose of away day guides for our two back-to-back -back fixtures. Got all you need to know for Fulham in the Cup and Villa on Tuesday night. It's coming up next. Okay, so Fulham. For fans arriving by train, it is a little bit of a walk from the closest tube station, Putney Bridge on the district line, which pretty much links up with 
almost everywhere in the city. If you're driving in, there's plenty of park and rides around London. If you're thinking of staying over, uh, the best value you'll find nearby is uh, the St. Christopher's Inn. It's a youth hostel. I use them loads. I've got one at Hammersmith. Uh, the price will fluctuate depending on demand, but £20 a night is a realistic expectation. And you'll also get discounted food and drink with your keycard. I was paying around about £4.00. 10 £4.15 a pint last time I stopped there which you can't fault in London you can find that square second sunk there's a premier in the what three words for that one is entry reject fast and once you're settled in or if you aren't stopping and you're looking for a beer there's quite a decent selection of pubs I'll do the one closest to Putney Bridge Station first it's called the Eight Bells it's behind the Premier Inn it's on Fulham High Street and your what three words is nobody scam scuba after that one towards the ground you have the King's Arms on the corner of the New King's Road and Fulham High Street this is always a favourite destination with fans it's big it's spacious it's well set up for match days it can accommodate a lot of fans your what three words for the front is half locked always and just over the road you've got the temperance but if you found the king's arms already just turn around and look across the junction can't miss it when you finish drinking you're ready to head to the ground the away turnstiles are on the southeast corner just to the left of the old cottage building which you can't miss as you arrive it's a quicker walk along the river from the pubs than it is going around the main road but you have to go through the park and stuff for that your what three words for the away fan turnstiles is local regard noisy Okay, so let's look at Villa Park. If you're coming on the train, the closest train station is Witten, and it's 500 metres from the away turnstiles. And if you're driving in, the club recommended parking is on Aston Lane, at the junction of Tame Road. Postcode for that one is Bravo 67 Delta Sierra, and you can find the entrance with the what three words of Going Limbs Chef. This one will set you back between five and seven pounds for a normal car, but they also accommodate minibuses which is quite handy for smaller groups not traveling on the coaches last i checked they charge 12 pound for a minibus and it is just across the road from the official coach park as well if you're making a night of it and planning on staying over the aston inn is just like a stone's throw from the stadium it's around the corner at the end of the street it has a bar with sky sports and plenty of car parking available there your what three words are thick lush town and your postcode is bravo 67 juliet uniform and then moving on to the important stuff where are we going to get a beer if you use the club recommended parking as you come out of there turn right you'll find the U tree pub just up the road you can find that at offers friday occupy and then the final option is slightly closer it's on your way to the ground from there and it's perfect if you're arriving on the train to witten as it's just outside the train station it's called the witten arms and it's set up for both home and away fans uh, the pub's split front to back the away fans will get the front it's good size venue with outside drinking areas and the old what three words is spite limbs groups and it's about 300 meters from the turnstiles as you roll out of the front gates so when you are ready to go to the ground you'll be housed in the doug ellis stand your turnstiles will be p87 to 89 for the upper tier and q91 to 96 for the lower tier your what three words for the away turnstiles area is song tricky pipes thanks for watching i've been paul have a cracking day Great stuff. Thank you very much, Paul, and thank you, Andre. Um, it was a slightly big file. That was why I got caught out. I had to load it a different way, and it just came on. But, uh, yeah, Newcastle, um, the season does really rest on this FA Cup run now. Eddie Howe's job, does it rest on the FA Cup run? I'd say no, but... Um, it's not going to be. It's not going to be well thought of, I would imagine, by PIF if we go out at this hurdle and we've only got the league to play for. But we will uh, look at that another day, uh, should the worst happen. But Mitch, this this really is for me a big. It's a big game, and I, I've used the catchphrase I think a few times on this show. Um, you know, it, it, it's a, it's the biggest game because it's our next one, and, and I think yeah. I've probably picked that up from Eddie Howe in his press conferences because you know it, it is a fact. It is it is true, um, but. Yeah, this this is big because you know we, we're on the crest of a slump with our league form. We managed to beat the Mackhams, which really, 
how, how bad they are. It's hardly the greatest of achievements, let's face it. But, you know, we beat them comprehensively at their own ground and we can, you know, we can sit back and be smug about that. But this is a big game. Fulham played midweek. Um, I'm hoping that's tied them out a little bit. But, we, you know, this is, you know, everything's, everything's, you know, everything's on this. Yeah, we're, we're putting, we're putting everything on black 20 here, Mitch, really. Yeah, we are. We are. Um, it's it's a competition we can win. Let's be honest about it. We're talking about we want to think like a big club in the transfer market. We should be thinking like a big club in every way. We're pissed off that we're out of the Champions League. We were 30 minutes from staying in it. We were 30 seconds from going through to a winnable semi in the League Cup. I'm not pissed off about that. So let's take that anger and use it as a positive and turn it on Fulham. We saw off Sunderland. That genuinely didn't take much. We had other gears if we really needed it. Um, let's be honest. They, they, they were meek didn't give us the game that they, they talked about and uh, we progressed comfortably. Fulham will give us a harder game. They should do. They're a Premier League outfit. Uh, they've got some good players. We have better players, even with the injury situation we've got. There's no reason why we can't go to Craven Cottage with a positive mindset and with an attitude that we can win this competition. We've proved in the Carabao Cup that away draws at different places don't hold much fear for it. So, an away draw uh, uh, not such a daunting place to go, almost a friendly place to go um, gives us an opportunity. So let's think like a big club and go there thinking we can win this and win this competition. And I don't see why we can't. Um, I know <laughs> A lot of us will be using the three, the what three words of tightly clenched swing there over the weekend. But to be fair, um, I think um, this is genuinely an opportunity that we've got to grasp with both hands. And uh, we we'll, might we'll make come away with, with the thought of the three, what three words, tickle my sack. So hopefully we're all smiling at the end of it. Um, but it's an opportunity and we've got to think like a big club and go there like a big club and say, we can win this. We're here. We're going to progress. You've got to chuck your best at us to even think about getting past it. Um, and I think we'll do that. There's no reason why we can't progress to the next round. George? Yeah. Um, May three words is, that's my boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah uh, I like... Fulham is is a is a club and it it has happy memories for me because my first very first serious away game was the one in the fifties where we beat them five four. What a hell of a game, you know, where um for us Jackie Milburn starred and for them a lad called Chamberlain starred and he, he made his career on that one game, got several big transfers out of it and good luck to him. So I I, I always enjoy the seeing the trips to Fulham. Neil's absolutely right. We've got nothing to fear. Whatever eleven he puts out should be able to beat Fulham, um, and uh, yeah, be positive about it. Don't don't uh, don't hang back. Don't be shy about it. Give it a, give it a real go. Nobody would be 
upset. Uh, what people will be upset about is if, if we hang back and, and, and play totally negative. Um, we've got the skill and the players to to win this game. Let's win it. Not e not even with a replay. Let's let's win it straight away. So I'm positive about it and uh, looking forward to it actually. And um, you know, already see number sixteen in the draw for the next one. So so that's how positive I am, and I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It has a has a very positive vibe for me, and as I say, happy memories that. Actually, on that trip to, to Fulham, I was allowed to go on the Holland's bus trip with all the family and, and the, the, the me, me uncles and, and so on and their mates and had me first Coke. I think it was a Pepsi. I don't think it was a Coca-Cola. I think it was a Pepsi. First time I'd ever had one uh, when I was there and uh, sitting in the corner of a pub while they all got uh, tanked up. Uh, no, it was... It, Good memories, and I, I want good memories for this game as well. You know, go there and be very positive and, and win and win handsomely. Okay, Steve, it is it is a win or bust situation for me. I still think. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know exactly where you come from, and I think I mentioned it in midweek that the importance of the cup now for Newcastle United, um, not just to keep the season going, but also to generate that winning feeling and that winning mentality again. I mean, Mitch mentioned the the Sunderland game. Yeah, we won it at a canter. We didn't come out of second gear. We then had a break and then we played Man City. And let's not forget, although Man City dominated in terms of possession, for a long stretch of that game, we were 2-1. They did us in the last five minutes and then in injury time. So, you know, you, you, you look at it. And you, you've got to say there were positives that have got to come from it, but it's it's the mental aspect. And Eddie's got to recreate that mental aptitude that they that he that he built around that squad, uh, that confidence that that was always there, and um, that never say die attitude. And um, they've got to stop this crazy situation that's occurred recently uh, and built up a, a bit of a momentum, which is conceding goals in the last five, six, seven minutes. Um, it's a 90-minute concentration game. And maybe some of that does go down to Eddie in terms of how he utilises his bench and or hasn't been able to. And maybe he's with a couple of players coming back. He might, it might give him that ability to just freshen it up in midfield in the last 15, 20 minutes of him to shut up shop or whatever. Something he couldn't do against City. Um, he also <laughs> couldn't weigh up um, what to do with Kevin De Bruyne, could with. So, But, I mean, that's a different story altogether. Um I think it's an important game. I think it's I think it's the 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 the, the, the whole club is erring towards looking for success. And you can't just throw this away because your yeah, league form's gone out of the window um and you've got a game on Tuesday night. Um they're fresh, they've had a fortnight's break. We heard so much before um and over the Christmas period and, and before that about the the heavy workload that we'd had. Um, but the players should be should be fresh, should be refreshed. Had an opportunity to be on the on the training pitch, which we saw against City again. The organisation, and um, where Eddie does play a lot of sway on on setting them up in the right way, understanding the plan, drilling the plan into them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so I'm going in with it with the positivity that I expect Eddie to be drilling into his into his team tomorrow. So looking forward to it. Um, it's. I'm, I'm listening to George. It's. It's a ground I enjoyed going to Fulham. It's. Uh, 
it's that oldie worldy the you know the cottage in the corner and all that type of thing yes they've jinxed it up and they've built a brand new stand where it's costing fulham fans about you know a lifetime of money to be able to go and sit in um crazy stuff apparently there's jacuzzis and all sorts it's probably worse than chelsea now i mean chelsea although chelsea have put a bed in the ground haven't they for god's sake what's that yeah. all about um I, I, we had a few words about about that, but we'll leave that to the, to the uh, we'll leave that to the, to the column, and people can make their own assumptions on why they did that and who it was who was sitting in it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Don't want to go there. And then just to finish off, Steve, I mean, somebody asked uh, just a little thing asked about my nephew. He on his oh, yes. uh, recuperation, he's doing really well. Um, he's been back, um, do a little bit of ball work. Um, He's followed the followed the path that that uh, needed to be followed that was put to him by the the surgeon. He stuck to it rigidly, and what's really interesting as well is that he he entered into some training sessions with the lads down at Blythe, and uh, they all held off. They all allowed him to just play at his own pace. Nobody went into him. It was one of those no touch for him, touch for everybody else. But you keep away and you allow him to just. Get like work his way back in, which I thought was an excellent bit of work by the coaches to get that into the lads. So very, very impressed. But um, I think it probably write the season off. I think at, at this stage in the game, with so many um, fixtures that are not uh, that haven't been played because of the weather, I think it would be silly. And I think he's decided it would be silly to to push himself and try to get back in for the end of the season. Um, and he's probably just going to work his way through from fitness and uh, hopefully start fresh next season. So that's what you've got to do when you're young and when you're doing ACL, you've just got to take it careful and don't be like some players who come in back too early and invariably end up doing it again. Good luck, Sonny, uh, and your recovery. Uh, he's a top lad. And, uh, yeah, let's hope, let's hope he does well. Just, just, a minute, just a minute, George. Paul Ferguson said, uh, Scunny Mag said, just found tightly clenched sphincter and it looks like some dental practice reception with these what three words. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, George. Um, that old that, that old game at, uh, that I went to at Fulham, Newcastle beat Fulham 5-4 at Craven Cottage. There was a piece of video on Twitter the other night of that match. And if you can see it, it's got some good crowd scenes with lots of people with this in, with one of these in the uh, crowd. Yeah, oh, brilliant, man. We've missed that, George, from our watch-alongs. Well, do you want Give to... Give a word. Give a word. <laughs> I, I get a, I get a letter from next door. <laughs> you will. Uh, let's have let's have your let's have the dice the dice uh, prediction, Mitch, and your prediction. Dice prediction says, oh, it's gone in the back, so I've got no idea. Says, not two, so that would be two nil to us. Okay, and your prediction? Three nil to us. Three nil. I've gone two one. George, what about you? Penman three one. Three one for you and, and Steve. I've got. I went for a, a two-one win in Newcastle as well, and I'm also predicting that the uh, the fifth round draw will be put back because there'll be all sorts of memorials towards Jurgen Klopp before that Liverpool Norwich game, and we might get we might end up getting the draw round about Wednesday. <laughs> Paul Patterson says they'll be wearing black armbands for the FA Cup rounds, uh, which is probably uh, Jordy Tuvalu says uh, the kick off against Fulham's delayed. They're doing a Klopp special. Um, yeah. Sorry to those of you whose questions we didn't get to, but we will be back with the professionals on Sunday uh, for an hour and a half. So if you've uh, got a few questions that you want to ask, then uh, then maybe drop them over. Uh, we do have time to squeeze in a little bit of humour. <laughs> 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 
And big thanks to Elliot uh, for sending in this one. My friend's making a world record attempt to make the longest queue. We should all get behind him. Oh, God. Hurry up. It's not a player. It is brilliant stuff. Uh, thanks to everybody who's joined in tonight in the chat. Thanks to all the mods. And as I say, like I've said it three times now, we're 650 watching live on a Friday night. Uh, always uh, a pleasure having you there. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, we never take it for granted. I will be back tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. I haven't decided yet to do the anyhow press conference. It's a seven o'clock kickoff, so I can take my time. Um, but I will definitely be on at some point tomorrow. I may do a little bit of a Q&A as well. And then uh, Sunday will be the professionals in the morning because uh, Stu's got to go to work. And I think, if I remember right, he was said half past nine, um, which I think me and Mitch agreed to. So keep an eye out for that. I'll stick the uh, link up for that for everybody to look at and uh, find. And just subscribe. If you're watching on TV, um, you, you can do us a big favour. Um, just subscribe. It's free. And uh, if you hit all your notifications, you'll get notified about all the shows. If you don't want that, just subscribe. It's free. It does us a favour. helps the channel grow. And I'm pleased to see a lot of you have been doing it. 140 new subscribers in the last two weeks. So thank you for doing it. Makes a big difference. And uh, have a great weekend. Don't let the football spoil it. But from me, Mitch, George, yeah. and Steve, good night. Take care. And, night, uh, everybody. See you tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Good see you all. <laughs>